if if your value prop is resonating with the customer, the customer is going to respond to your reps emails. They're going to schedule the next meeting. They're going to look at your attachments. Uh, the moment your value prop doesn't resonate, they're going to make a personal decision to not invest any more time. Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Apply Tech series. Uptech Report is sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at TerraLeap.io. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Todd Abbott, who's based in Boston, Massachusetts, and he's the CEO of Insight Squared. Welcome, Todd. Good to have you on. Great to be here. Thank you. Now, Insight Squared, your platform is a revenue intelligence platform. You're focused on forecast accuracy around sales and marketing KPIs. So for those out there, if you're a CRO or you're just responsible for revenue at your organization, this might be a platform you're going to want to check out. Now, Todd, help me understand kind of where the genesis for Insight Squared began uh, and, and how has that evolved of the challenge, the problem that you set out to solve? Yes, yeah, so we started 10 years ago um, and it was really about uh, serving mostly the small and medium business segment. Uh, companies that didn't have the big ops teams or don't have the big sales or revenue ops teams, um, to be able to uh, give them out-of-the-box dashboarding capability on their funnel um, and on their sales process, their execution. Um, you know, we are all very graphically orientated. And so the ability to tell stories and to identify where to focus as a leader, uh, a lot of times, you know, metrics and dashboards help us steer us to where to go focus. Yeah. Uh, the challenge, yeah. You were saying earlier, we, we were talking about earlier how the, the uh, visual, we like visuals. They really <laughs> are. Having that dashboard, something to look at is, is so helpful. You know, it goes, it goes back to uh, our early upbringing. If you think about, you know, early children's books, right? I call them you know, the big animal picture books. Uh, that doesn't really change. I mean, our, our, our mental acuity obviously grows and develops, but that need to be able to see the big animal picture to understand uh, to back up and reinforce the words of what it is you're presenting is extremely powerful, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the challenge is, is that the, those big animal pictures on the revenue processes were all fundamentally driven by an ops team that would do this uh, export of your Salesforce data, put it into a big Excel file, do a bunch of manipulation to be able to get the insights, report the metrics, um, to be able to, to, to report out to boards or to know what to go focus on uh, with your team. It's a was a very cumbersome process, and so the beginning was to, was to basically replace that that export Excel manipulation and to create those insights uh, out of the box. Mm, so a lot less uh, manual effort of having to create those insights. Now your your experience uh, the past uh, years have, has been as a CRO, so you've been intimately involved in this problem. That's right. I mean, I, I at one point in my career, I had left a company where I had some 20 sales ops people that were doing all that work for me, creating all those reports and the analytics. And I went to a, to a startup that didn't have that and I was lost. Uh, and so that's when I got exposed to Insight Square many years ago, uh, simply searching the web like we all do, looking for a, a, a solution to a problem I had. And I was awakened to the fact that uh, there were systems out of the box that I didn't need that big obstacle. And so it served an immediate need for me. And then I've been a customer ever since. And, and then you're like, all right, when you saw opportunity to join the team and now lead uh, as CEO, 
you saw the, the core um, value uh, of, of what it could provide. Now, some of our conversations we dug into is the fact that, you know, current models right now are not designed for salespeople uh, to both see the insights and make it easier or nice for them to have to give the data because <laughs> it's like a manual entry and, and who wants to waste their time or spend time, the big money on your salespeople to just do data entry. Is that right? That's right. I mean, if you think about uh, the beginnings and the uh, orientation of uh, CRM t- at the beginning um, was from 25, 30 years ago, was to be able to get the data off of the rep's personal device. Uh, because when you lost a rep, you lost all the contacts and what they were working on. Uh, and so companies at that point needed to take control of that, of that information. It was not the rep's information, it was the company's information. Uh, and that's how CRM started, like get that data into the system. Uh, and the point there is it was never really designed for the rep. Uh, it's, it has evolved to be a critical component in virtually all uh, sales uh, tech stacks, uh, but it's really morphed into a database and a workflow engine system. It never really addressed the, uh, the lack of usability and territory management for the rep. And so consequently, Keeping information current in the system, um, it's a burden to the rep. There's no return on investment from updating the system and keeping everything up to date. And so consequently, what happens is most reps are spending a few hours the night before updating the information before you get in to do a forecast or follow review. And inevitably, they don't get it all. And there's always things that are not up to date. And, and sales ops spends a lot of time chasing people down to get the data so that the CRO can have a good data set to be able to present to their CEO or to their board or for their, for their monthly business review, et cetera. You, you never seem to have enough data <laughs> to be able to, to forecast, forecast accurately. You need that much data, but you never seem to get enough because the people who are inputting it, as you stated, the system wasn't built for them. It was built, the CRMs were built for uh, just to have it as a database because the people needed it. So it's like a challenge all the way up the, the line. That's right. Um, and if you think about what, what is the data in a revenue process, uh, and if you think about it kind of in the terms of a, of a manufacturing software that has become so fine-tuned because there's so much data as products go through to address quality and efficiency. Um, if you think about that in the revenue process, like we don't have the data. And what is the data? It's engagement. It's customer engagement. If, if your value prop is resonating with the customer, the customer is going to respond to your rep's emails. They're going to schedule the next meeting. They're going to look at your attachments. Uh, the moment your value prop doesn't resonate, they're going to make a personal decision to not invest any more time. Uh, if your value prop resonates, they will invest. They will schedule the next meeting. They will open your email. But how do you tell today if that value prop has stopped resonating and a deal has gone um, cold um, or potentially even dead? You have to basically rely on the rep's judgment and what they will share with you in that interrogation called the forecast world, right? And so that's where the model is broken. Um, and it wasn't until I got exposed to some new technology uh, for the company here as I was doing some consulting, having left my last CRO gig, that my eyes got open to there's now technology to get that engagement data in without burdening the rep because you can't burden the rep with any more administrative work. So let's let's dig into that a little bit more. So I think you said um, in about 2019 that Insight Square, you guys acquired a company that had a unique machine learning model. Dig into that. Help me understand that that technology and how it works. Yeah. So at its core is a, 
uh, is a machine learning engine that basically sits in between your CRM system uh, and your email calendaring system. Uh, because engagements now are all digital engagements. Um, and, and so what you wanna be able to do is capture all of the engagement with against all of the contacts in the opportunity account room, the email. Uh, now, the first thing we realize is, is that reps are terrible about adding new contacts. NFCs and overlay reps are even worse. So what we're finding is at most, you're, you probably have about 30% of the context that your team is engaging in on a deal in the CRM system. So the first thing we do is go sweep your emailing and countering system and identify all the contacts your teams have engaged in over the last 15 months and, and put those contacts into the CRM record. We then go so, back and sweep up all of the emails, back and forth, meetings, file shares, attachments. And so we're now able to capture all of the engagement uh, and if you think about a sales process, whether it's a lead conversion, a new business, or a renewal or process, a sales process is about a series of meetings and converting the customer to the next meeting until you can finally get enough of the people and decision makers to make a decision, right? And so a sales process is about what's the engagement to get to the next meeting? Was the meeting good? Did they stay engaged? What's the engagement? And so now the systems can, keep, can give you a, a quick assessment, is this deal on track against an activity profile for a winning deal? And identify when something goes off track very promptly. And so what you want to be able to do is identify that and alert the rep to force the rep to, to be honest about maybe that meeting didn't go as well because I can't get the customer back and he hasn't scheduled the next meeting. And so he or she needs a different approach to be able to get them back, right? And so that's the key to the system, engagement level. Engagement is the, the, the data points that you're looking at is how, is. how often are people opening the emails and looking at that. Now, when, when you're the machine learning algorithm that you acquired and now have integrated into your system, uh, basically looks at the two data points of who have you emailed and who have they opened as well as what calendar invites. So that's how they, it, it knows who's an ideal contact that should be inputted. It looks at the oh. calendar and says, oh, you, you met this person, so that must be a data point, and so let's pull all the emails. At a very gross level, yes. But then you then take it down to a next level and say, um, who are you engaging? And how many people are you engaging with? So the system has a, an open-ended architecture to identify, um, as we look at all of the activity and the engagement over time and uh, numbers of contacts, numbers of pushes, so all of the things that go into a meeting you know, when this SC is engaged, does it improve win rate? When the product manager is engaged, does it improve win rate? So we'll, we'll look at all of the analytics as to who's engaged, when, how often, what's the frequency, at what level. Uh, and we'll be able to identify what's the portfolio of activity that best uh, uh, gives you an opportunity to win based upon history. Um, and so what's critical is you get all of the activity, not just the reps, but everybody. Right? Because when we put the system in, what we're typically seeing is that the amount of activity we put into the CRM record goes up by a factor of 10. Now, when you think about that much data and 70% more contacts, there's no way operations can do exports and try to figure out what those insights are. Right? So we've, we've taken so much more data into this, uh, into this process that you're going to have to have a machine learning model because you also want to be able to slice that data to say, I want to know what the conversion rates are by rep. By geography, maybe you've got different lines of business. It's going to be different for enterprise sales than it is for commercial sales. So maybe you've got different lines of business. So you need a machine learning engine that's going to give you 
what does the sales process really look like in each of those segments to be able to know, am I doing individual coaching on these two reps or do I have an overall sales execution, you know, sticky points in my sales process where win rate goes down when this competitor gets engaged or win rate goes down when the CRO doesn't come in until meeting 10. Like th that's the level of analytics. That's where we're going to, right? And that's, that's the science of sales. Like we've been living in the art of sales to a great extent where a lot of personal judgment has to apply going into a monthly like quarter, right? And that's what, that's what metrics are. That's what dashboards have been. They've been historic. Um, and they help me as a leader apply better uh, qualitative judgment from my experience. They help me feel more confident, make better decisions. Actually, tomorrow's dashboards are going to be much more predictive. Um, like I'll give you a good case in point. Uh, we all go into a quarter or a month with, do I have enough funnel coverage to make the number? Because I typically convert 30%, uh, so I need three times coverage. And you may have had three times coverage for the last four or five quarters. But when you go into that quarter and you have three times, do you know what the quality of that funnel is? Because if you put enough pressure on your team to give you three times coverage, don't give you three times coverage. But how do you know going into this quarter that it might be a different portfolio? Right. Mm -hmm. When and I have all of this analytics of, of, of what a deal looks like and I can benchmark every deal in the funnel, now you can start to do predictive forecasting where I would submit to you that tomorrow um, you're not going to be thinking about funnel coverage because you're going to rely on analytics from the system to say this funnel might be two times this quarter, but it's a higher quality. I'm in good shape. Or it might be three times, but it's in worse quality and it's actually not enough. That's where we're going. The, the idea is that all this data is collected automatically. It, it's being yep. able to go through the calendar and the email, so you don't have to rely on the salespeople or them having to spend their time, waste their time on this. It comes into the dashboard, which gives you the nice, pretty metrics of, of visuals that you can look at and be able to make more educated, not gut uh, decisions based off of this data. But you're starting to describe a, a world where this could provide... Uh, suggestions on where it should be. Uh, is that actually implemented? Is it saying, hey, this this funnel better be aware based off of this data, it actually needs extra coverage or are you having to look at that as a, as a CRO and, and make no, that decision? As a CRO, um, it, I didn't believe my team when they told me this, to be perfectly honest, uh, because I've been doing funnel coverage for you know, my whole career. Um, but I will tell you now, after over the last six months, I don't focus and don't care what funnel coverage is because the system gives me a predictive outlook as to what this funnel is going to deliver. Um, and so on an overall gross level, it's much more accurate than any funnel coverage metric that I might have had. That fine tuning of how it determines how well the the... Uh, funnel coverage is, is working and, and based off of those interactions, right? We talked about this earlier where you're mentioning it's looking at how many open engagements, et cetera, until it, it turns into a sale. So it knows what it should look at. Um, how often is that? Is that changing dynamically? Are you having to manually go in to good adjust question. things? Uh, it's a really good question. So the first thing we do, which is very unique, is we, we, we come in, we'll go back and augment all of the CRM records for the last 15 months, the deals you've won, closed one and closed lost. So we already get a running start as to what your engagement profile looks like. And we can deliver that typically in about three weeks. Um, that, that, that machine learning model is then run once a week going forward. Um, and, we, and it's a revolving five quarters. We believe that five quarters is more than enough. If you go longer, 
uh, sales processes and dynamics change so much that you want to keep it as fresh as possible. We could actually make it longer if you've had, if you're a six to nine month sales process, 15 months wouldn't be enough. But in general, 15 months covers the vast majority. Uh, in fact, nobody's asked for more yet, but we have the ability. So we give you the running start. And then what happens is, is that as you close out more opportunities, as you have more engagements against open opportunities, we'll rerun the model once a, once a week. So it's continually being refreshed. Um, and you can start to see things move. And I can also look at, show me this, my, what the sales process looked like since March when COVID hit. What was it before? What was it after? How has it evolved? So you have the ability to start to look at this in different, in different buckets, depending upon what business issue you're trying to solve. Now, one of the other things we, we were talking in our, in our previous uh, uh, setup chat before, before our interview here is getting multiple uh, silos on, on this. So marketing, sales, uh, operations, be able to get them all on here. Help me understand why would you want everyone on one system uh, versus everyone just has their own system that they're working and they're providing the CRO, CRO um, the data? Well, it's a great, uh, it's a great question. Uh, and it's something I, I've dealt with. I know many of my customers deal with is that, um, you know, we have grown up in a world where each function has its own text, um, its own, and, it, and therefore its own output relative to a version of data. Uh, I refer to it as, you know, BYOD, bring your own data. So when you get into the monthly business view, the quarterly business view, marketing has its data. Product management has its data. Sales has his, finance has, has theirs. Um, and oftentimes, the CEO is trying to sit there and figure out, like, like the data don't match, like, there's a story from this function. There's a story from this function. Um, and to a CRO, uh, I submit that the sales function has more uh, dependencies cross-functionally than any other function. Mm. Um, I need leads at the front end. I need reality analytics from a product standpoint. Uh, I need finances input, revenue offices uh, input. Um, and yet I'm often struggling very much as a CRO, uh, the, most importantly between marketing and sales, like the common debate, I've given you a lot of leads. You're not, your guys aren't following up. Yeah, you're giving me a lot of leads, but they're bad leads. That's why they're not following up. I mean, this goes on in every time. Uh, and so what you want to be able to do, and this is the trend around the revenue ops function that we've seen over the last few years, is you've got to break the silos and think of things not functional, not a Marcom's tech stack, a sales tech stack, but a revenue ops tech stack. And the analytics that you want to bring to the table has to ground the cross-functional uh, interpretation uh, and focus. So great case in point. If I know that, uh, that there are certain inflection points in my sales process and I can see when a deal is dead uh, or dying, I need to be able to bring other functions to the table to say, help me with the marketing material, the sales pitch, the talk track to get that customer back. How do I A-B test different versions? Or if marketing is saying, hey, I've got this great content, uh, you guys aren't using it. Well, actually, I can see where it's being used. And is it being used with the team that is not converting? Or conversely, if my best reps are using it, now I've got a built-in mechanism for marketing to go to the rest of the sales function and say, look, these guys convert the most. Uh, this team doesn't, and you're not using this material. Like, Here's the difference. Uh, same thing with product, right? I've had many cases where product thinks that they should never, you should never lose with their product. Well, if I have the data that says, well, actually, when this competitor gets engaged, our win rate drops in half. Uh, I have the data to say, hey, um, um, hate to tell you, but we have a competitive positioning challenge against this competitor. Help me. 
and let's identify a plan. And then let's see if the conversion rates improve week over week by trying different techniques, different talk tracks, different material, right? So it is a great way to bring the functions to the table, uh, grounded in data. Where are we going to focus to help our sales teams? Like I always tell people, it's not my sales team because they report to me as a CRO. Like this is our sales. And let's identify where they're struggling and what we're going to do about it to help them improve and have the closed loop analytics to be able to determine are those plans having an impact on them? When it comes to being able to, there's a plethora of data that, that you're both generating, that there's data elsewhere. Can you speak to any type of integrations or, or APIs or any type of connections as far as the flow of data? Yeah, so uh, I, I think what you're going to find is that today, uh, what we have is we have all the analytics relative to the electronic engagement. Uh, we have conversational intelligence to be able to transcribe the video or audio calls and do analytics on what was said in the meeting and how effective was that meeting. Um, I think that the next step is to start to bring content. Like being able to understand uh, when you send material out as pre-material to a customer, do they open it? Uh, where are they spending time on the material? So if you kind of think about it in this way, if I send out a, 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 some pre-material and I know that the customer has looked through it and has spent serious time on the value prop slides, and also cost, and it's forwarded it three times, uh, I'm going to craft that meeting completely different. Then converse that with, I've sent it out, the customer looked at it one second, one second, one second, stopped halfway through, they didn't really look at it, didn't forward it to anybody. I'm going to craft that meeting agenda completely differently if I know that. Um, and so if I also now want to know, when I convert that meeting, how is my team using the presentation material? Where are they spending time? Are the ones that convert the most focusing on value and the ones that aren't are going right to price. So knowing how the content is used in the meeting and then now I go after the meeting, I send out more material. Are they looking at the material or did they not even open the email, right? So being able to bring how the customer and your team is using content in the sales process in that meeting conversion is the next step. And then on top of that is to be able to start to bring intenting. How is the customer uh, engaging on the web? Are they searching you? Are they searching relative data points in the value prop of the technology that you're selling? And does that engagement and searching of, of what they're looking to go get educated, because everybody is spending time educating themselves on the, on the, on the net, we know that, but, but uh, what are they searching? And does the search pattern change after the meeting versus before, which is gonna be another indicator of how good a, of a meeting that was. Uh, and so we're quickly becoming or coming to an era where the science of sales, being able to have data and real-time analytics to look at it deal by deal and prompt the rep to say, you might've thought that meeting was good, but look at these characteristics, it wasn't. And you now need to figure out how to get that customer back. And oh, by the way, I've got two plays, run play B, because that's going to be the best one in this ICP. That's where we're very close to, to getting in this, uh, in this next era of revenue operation. How me understand for this revenue intelligence platform or mindset, does this like sit on top of for the marketing, uh, product marketing or, or um, sales folks, if they're using Salesforce or, or HubSpot or, or Marketo or Pardot, depending on their size, is this a just sit on top of one of those? Are they integrate? How, do, how does it, how does it? Yeah, it sits play? on top. It's not trying to replace your, your, your marketing management platform, Marketo or Pardot or, 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 uh, 
Salesforce or HubSpot, yeah, and or your customer success platform, right? So those are the the, the, the platforms that really are. If you think about what Marketo and Salesforce is, they're data engines, uh, and so we'll take feeds from both of those systems into that machine learning analytical approach, and be able to put that into the dashboards to be able to make it actionable, real time, right? Like you want to be able to look at a funnel. Uh, I had four deals that went through meeting four. I want to be able to look to see as a manager, as a rep, um, what's so they could also log in and, and see these insights. Like who who uses this type of uh, what you so guys? So it provide. starts with the rep, right? So what you want is the insights to be given to the rep. You want to be able to have the system. The machine learning will keep track of everything in the rep's territory, and it'll prompt them, right? It'll prompt them on the health of a deal. It will call. Uh, it will call BS if you're forecasting a deal and you haven't had any engagement for the last three weeks, and that's atypical with the activity profile, it's going to call it out to you and it's going to force you to take accountability for what's in my phone, right? So the key thing here is what you want to do is give the insights to the rep and drive accountability, but not with the added administrative burden, right? Because reps already feel like there's too much administrative burden keeping Salesforce updated. Well, what we can now do is keep track of all of the data hygiene items in the funnel. This deal just went past due and prompt that rep to say, hey, it went past due yesterday. Let's fix it now. I'll pull in the fields from Salesforce. You don't have to log on to Salesforce, open the tab, find the field. Uh, I can pull in the specific fields that need to be updated if it's, a, uh, it's past due or you had a meeting, you didn't fill in the next action. We'll pull in the relevant fields. And so we take the administrative burden off the rep. So now you can hold them accountable and you don't go into a, into a funnel or forecast review frustrated that this is in the wrong place, that wasn't updated. Uh, and so I can prompt them on sales process hygiene and that interrogation that I used to do as a sales manager. Like it, you haven't heard from the customer, should this be in commit? Or conversely, you've got a deal in upside, right? Because we all spend a lot of time trying to figure out what in the upside is really real. Because that's like the big graveyard of lots of opportunities, right? Reps put everything in there. And if you have any risk, how do you figure out what's real in there? Well, leveraging machine learning, we can graphically point you right to the deals that have lots of engagement, high confidence to close. You don't spend any time on the noise. In fact, the system can kind of prompt the rep to say, this shouldn't even be in this quarter's funnel. You haven't heard from them in two months. Either it's not a deal or push it, but get it out of the funnel. I love it. Love it. Looking forward here. Um, yeah. If you were to provide a word of wisdom, insight, tip to a CRO in, in today's world that we're in and headed into when it comes to data intelligence and, and be able to make smart, accurate decisions and forecasting, um, just what kind of uh, insight would you provide? Um, I, I think you, you have to embrace the fact that uh, predictive analytics is, is going to be the difference maker for for success and non-success. Um, you know, we, technology has been a huge advent to efficiency and productivity improvements. We haven't really been able to do it, especially in the non-linear sales process. Right? There's been a lot of good technology in the inside sales, BDR, the sequencing systems. But in the non-linear sales process, we're still very much dependent upon the rep. Like my best advice and my revelation is um, trying to get the reps to give you accurate data either through carrot or stick, is a waste of time. I've tried them all. You will not, and if you think you're getting data, you're only getting 10 to 15%. You, 
you've got to get the data in and you need to be thinking about an architecture that's going to give you the insights without burdening your sales ops team. So the science of sales has come in a huge way. Technology is now enabling. Uh, and so my best advice is embrace it because it's going to get you out of some of the busy work. Like no manager likes doing interrogation and inspection. It's, it's the least stimulating aspect of your job. Like get out of it. Let's go focus on, on having the system do all that and you can get back to coaching and getting a set of analytics that will give you a much greater degree of predictability because the way you survive as a CRO, if you're going to have a bad quarter, you want to know it in week one of the quarter. Mm. It's, it's when you go into the quarter anxious, like, uh-oh, uh, I'm a little bit more exposed and you're hoping because you know the expectation is X. Uh, and if X doesn't happen, that's when your, your job's in jeopardy. Um, and so knowing at the beginning of a quarter, wait a minute, something's different about the funnel. Something's changed. And being able to actually see the data, that allows you to stay ahead of the curve and align the cross-functional team to what do we do with that? That's where the, the power of technology can shine is being able to take a lot of data, act faster, and uh, enable you to do the job that you hopefully enjoy doing and, and are good at better than just the manual data entry right. uh, and tracking. Well, I, I, I appreciate the insights, uh, no, no pun intended on, on, on the name mm -hmm. of, of what you've been able to, to dig into in this conversation. Um, for those that want to learn more, they can go to insightsquared.com, right? And then be able to get a demo. Is that what's a good first step for them to take when they get there? Yeah, I mean, definitely go to um, Insight Squared. You can get some more material and request a demo, you can certainly uh, feel free to reach out to me. You can hit me up on LinkedIn um, or send me a direct email at uh, tabbott, T-A-B-B-O-T-T -T, at insightsquared.com. And you, you understand Zero's pain points intimately, so you can talk one-on-one -on -one definitely when it comes to that. Thank you again for your time, Todd. And everyone, you go to uptechreport.com for the full interview and head to their website for more details. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode. That concludes the audio version of this episode. To see the original and more, visit our Uptech Report YouTube channel. If you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you're subscribed to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app.